102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533 and Def Leppard. We're back, Stephen Dave and Rock 102. You got the big D-E, by the way? Huh? The B-D-E. B-D-E? You got the B-D-E? I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I learned a new phrase yesterday. Well, what is it? From a politician. Oh, really? Yeah. It stands for something. I don't think I can even say the whole thing. B-D-E? Yeah. Oh, I think I know what that is. Okay. I don't know where you're getting that from. Because I don't see any of that here. <laughs> I don't know. I'll give you I'll give you some uh, pointers a little bit later on. All right. David Page from Toto has got a brand new solo record that's coming out tomorrow. He's going to be on the show this, I don't know, 7 o'clock or so? 7, probably. 7 sounds pretty good. Yeah. He's like the keyboard guy, right? He's not only the keyboard guy, he's the primary songwriter. And the guy's been in a million different records. And we'll be talking to him about the new record and about the band and a bunch of other stuff. After 7 o'clock this morning. I bet you I won't ask him about Rosanna being about Rosanna Arquette. Finally. I know. Someone who doesn't get around to I that. I won't get around to that. It's 534. We're back, Steve and Dave and Rock 102. We're going to wait till the very last note. Yeah, but it was cut off. I got that. Didn't do that. Like one little, uh, one little thing. Ding. You know, that was the end of the. That's the end of the song. Ding. That's what there it should have been. Anyway, it's uh, five fifty <laughs> with Bax and Steve and Dave on Rock one hundred and two, bringing you great content every morning. Oh Jesus! Hey, uh, David Page from uh, Toto is going to be joining us later <laughs> on this morning. Got a brand new album out. Actually, his very first solo record comes out tomorrow, and we'll be talking to him about that after seven o'clock today. It's uh, going to be a really nice day today. Sunny and a high of 82. Uh, tomorrow, sunny and a high of 89. It's 60 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well through the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Uh, uh, in Superbad. You remember uh, Superbad? Mm-hmm. I do. Seth and uh, McLovin uh, kind of have a hostile relationship, and some of that may have been real because Jonah Hill couldn't stand Christopher Mintz Plass when they first met during casting. For Superbad's 15th anniversary, the 15th anniversary. I know. That- and that's something. Yeah, the cast and crew did an interview with Vanity Fair and Seth Rogen, who co-wrote the movie, says Jonah immediately hated Christopher when they auditioned together. Producer Judd Apatow adds that Christopher was quote very caustic and attacked Jonah and did improvs insulting Jonah. Jonah actually complained to Apatow, saying he didn't want Christopher in the movie, and Apatow replied quote That's exactly why we're hiring him. It couldn't be more perfect. The fact that it bothers you is exactly what we want. Jonah now admits that uh, Chris was, quote, really, really amazing, even though he was really, really annoying. I can see that guy being annoying. Oh, what the hell is he doing now, anyway? What's Christopher Mintz Plass been in since Superbad? Anything? Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything, but that doesn't mean he doesn't do anything. I'm, I'm looking at his bio right now. I don't see nothing on Sometimes there. Sometimes you just need, like, one good film, yeah. and you're immortalized forever. Like that kid who played in Napoleon Dynamite. He hasn't done a whole hell of a lot since. couple things here and there, but for the most part, all mm, forgettable. I guess. Well, he's put a- him in moon boots and have him dance at Jamiroquai. All of a sudden, he's a genius. He's in a lot of stuff, though. Like, I, I'm looking at his IMDb. He's got. He's currently still working. He's on uh, When Nature Calls. Yeah. And- Blark and Son. I never mm, heard of that one. Right. <laughs> Blark. 
Isn't that uh, the mall cop? No, that's Paul Blart, but I, I know what you're saying. No, Close. you're thinking of that kid with the animation and the yellow hair and the pokey thing on the top. No, 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 Steve. That's Bart Simpson. You're close. Couldn't think of anybody else who has uh, the title Bart. You're thinking of uh, the old Green Bay Packer quarterback. No, no, that's Bart Starr. There you go. Right. I was waiting for the old, for the older person yeah, in the room to, to remember that one. Present. Uh, Demi Lovato. Is it Demi or Demi? Demi. Demi. You ever hear a semi-tractor truck? I think no. it's Demi because it's Demi more. Demi tractor trailer? Yes, that's yeah. what it is, yes. Uh, won't admit that her song 29 is about her ex-boyfriend, Wilmer Valderrama. Or Valderrama. Uh, that's that uh, show that was after The Simpsons that was from uh, Matt Groening 2. No, 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 Steve. You're thinking of Futurama. Anyway, who started dating her when uh, he was 29 and she was just 17. But she says, quote, I feel like the song says it all. You might be thinking about that old school project you used to make in a, in a card, like a, like a shoebox. No, that's a diorama. No, 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 Steve. That's a lower abdominal condition. That's diarrhea there and is. indigestion. <laughs> anyway... Anyway, uh, Taylor Lautner is engaged to a woman named Taylor Dome. Taylor, Taylor and Taylor. Taylor. But when they get married, she's changing her name to Taylor Lautner. He says they call him Taylor and her Tay. Mm. But they'll both be Taylor Lautner. That's going to be so confusing. That'd be like a like a cast party at a... <laughs> at a- like a you know, Eddie Murphy movie. I, I had an aunt one time named Helene Smith, and she turned down her only proposal for marriage because the guy's name was Smith as well. That's what she says, anyway. I don't know about that. I mean, if you're in love with somebody, yeah, you don't, know, you don't, you don't not marry someone because they got a bad name. She was also crazy. Well, that most of them are. Dave. Yeah, I hear that runs in families, whether they're <laughs> related to you or not. <laughs> most of them are crazy. Uh, Nicki Minaj went off on Kevin Federline, or Federline, calling him a clown and a coward for trashing Britney in the press and for bringing their children into it. There was something happened that happened last week about the, the custody and all this other stuff. Right. He was kind of being a jerk about it. It's like this woman has just uh, broken the chains of this uh, spell that she was under by her father for the last 20 years. Right. Give her some give her some credit, man. Well, I mean, he's uh, he knows a thing or two about troubled women. Uh, Drew Taggart from the Chainsmokers kissed T.I. on the cheek at a club, and T.I. punched him in the face for it. Who's T.I.? Well, if you don't know, then I'm not going to tell you. Okay. A, I believe they're the a... company that used to make those calculators back in the 70s. <laughs> Texas Instruments backs. <laughs> He's uh, yes, I remember those. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you put eight zero zero eight five, it spells boobs. I know that's the best part about math. Or what's the other one? Uh, Hello is a good one too. Right, but it, but but hell, you can write yes. well. Yes, H uh, E double hockey sticks, as they like to call it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, she. Uh, Drew says it was his own fault, and T.I. says they had a drink afterwards and they moved on. That just sounds like a drunken bar fight that nobody really wanted to fight in. Been there, done that. Oh, I've done that. I get uh, I get my ass kicked for uh, talking to some girl when I was underage in a bar. 
and the guy beat the crap out of me. Hmm. Then I went to go get my brother, and then he went in and tried to beat the crap out of him, and then all of a sudden this guy's buying us drinks. Hmm. I don't know what happened. <laughs> if, That's a good had, bar fight. Had you known that this guy was going to buy you drinks, yeah. you wouldn't have uh, caused a fight at all. I would have let his fist keep punching me in the head. That's sounds like, it. Sounds like a cover-up to me. Uh, Taylor Swift wanted uh, to have a cameo in Twilight New Moon, but the director, Chris White, uh, shut it down because he thought it would be too distracting for audiences. Hey, she could marry Taylor Lautner as well. Beat her, beat that other chick to the punch. And she Plus, could be Taylor Lautner. It's it's too late now. I don't, I, don't, think, I don't think she would change her name for something like that. Yeah. she he uh, re- Anyway, he regrets the decision, but uh, thought it was the right one at the time. I guess. I guess. Oh, oh my God. If she wants to be in my film, I'd let her. Well, I was going to say, like, who cares? It's going to be a distraction for the film. It brings people into the audience. If you tell a bunch of kids, hey, Taylor Swift's going to be there, all those kids are going to be like, hey, Mom and Dad, can I have money for a movie ticket tonight? Did you hire other famous actors to to, uh, take on roles? Well, Why are they no longer? Why are they not distracting? Well, well, the whole series of Twilight is very distracting. I I can't watch it. And that is your Hollywood Trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. The Fluent. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember yesterday when I was telling you about all the New England Patriots players who were kicked out of practice for defending themselves against the ruthless aggression of the Carolina Panthers during their joint practice session on Tuesday? Well, I certainly do. You had players using foul language, gnashing teeth, throwing fists with haymakers, uppercuts, and roundhouse shots to the puss. It was an ugly scene considering they were all getting ready for tomorrow night's meaningless preseason exhibition game. And despite that ugly fist-wielding Donnybrook, you would think that players on both teams would have learned their lesson. And that is this. As professionals, this sort of mindless violence is both disruptive and unnecessary. That was until yesterday when they started to get into it yet again. It all started when Patriots defensive lineman Dietrich Wise accidentally slammed into Carolina running back Christian McCaffrey. Now, under normal circumstances, this would be no big deal. It's just simply a part of football. The problem was McCaffrey happened to be standing on the sidelines at the moment that he was hit. And while sometimes the physical momentum of a 6'5", 275-pound lineman running at full speed is hard to curtail. In this situation, Rizwan ran into McCaffrey, and McCaffrey knocked over a fan. That then resulted in a bit of a scrum, with McCaffrey spiking a football at Wise's feet, and at which point Carolina running back Chubba Hubbard, and I love that name, started punching back. And of course, as a result, everybody involved was kicked out of practice, practice for the second day in a row. Folks, I have never wanted to see a meaningless preseason football game more in my life than I do at this very moment. Tomorrow night, you're going to have guys with very short tempers going after opposing players who also share the same sort of anger management issues that exist on both sides of the field. This is going to be two teams kicking the crap out of each other for no other reason but the fact that some of these guys are real jerks. And if that doesn't sound like a lot of fun, then I don't know what the hell does. And you'll be able to hear all of that pointless violence right here on your home to England Patriot football, Rock 102. But hey, another my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Bits and blades, big sale at Rocky's, DeWalt, Irwin, drill bits, paddle blades, impact-ready screwdrivers, and more. 
about time to replace those dull bits and blades, don't you think? Don't miss the August Bits and Blades sale going on right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm Bax. That's my view from the couch. Rock One Island with Bax, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. More hot, dry weather. 80s today and tomorrow. Very little chance of rain. Still drought-like conditions, according to the National Weather Service. Uh, David Pache from Toto is going to be joining us after 7 o'clock. He's not just from Toto. This guy has been... He has had his hands in like 2,000 albums. He's written songs with everyone from... Uh, you know, Michael McDonald to the Doobie Brothers to Boz Skaggs. He even played on Michael Jackson's Thriller album. Ooh. Yeah, six-time Grammy Award winner David Page after uh, 7 o'clock today. Damn. Sounds like a good time. Dude's the real deal. Yeah. Um, Did he show up to uh, Nick Kochi's clam bake or uh, cookout yesterday? I'm not, pretty sure he was at least 1,000 miles away. Uh, you cannot call it a clam bake. I know. I, that's why I corrected myself. Uh, Sheriff Michael Ash was mm-hmm. the one that had the clam bake. Mm-hmm. This is just a picnic. Mm-hmm. I, you know, not to, I, I wasn't able to go yesterday. I had uh, many things going on. But, and, uh, and to be honest, no uh, disrespect to Nick Kochi. But I do miss the clams. I do mm-hmm. miss those cherry stones. You could just you know pile into your gut for like hours. Such great times. Oh yeah, they had sausage sandwiches there. Yeah, did you go, Dave? I did not. Even though I was offered the chance to be in the dunk tank that did not exist. Yeah, there was no dunk tank. Yeah, I know. I know he was kidding about that yesterday was, when when we interviewed him. There was a drunk tank, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, there was uh, plenty uh, of that. Uh, uh, uh. I'm sure they would have opened up a fire hydrant and shoved mm-hmm. your face in there if, if you asked. Oh damn, I missed it. Uh, let me tell you, the, the move to the Elks Lodge was probably the best idea they had for that event. Because uh, it was, I think it was Sheriff Ash did it there one for the one year, right? No, we actually, no, because we did the bingo there for, you know, five or six years. Oh, really? Yeah. See, at least. This is a, I'm getting to that point in my life where I can't tell what happens from year oh. to year anymore, and I don't know how long ago something was. It, do, it doesn't get any better. And you're ab- you're you're absolutely right. It was probably 2013, I, I think, when they moved it over there. And we don't, uh, and they don't even do the bingo anymore. No. Which is, you know, to be honest, I was really good at calling bingo. Well, listen, they called, the- they called me the boss of the balls. Listen, I didn't get to see any of these big wig politicians out there. And maybe you would have if you had the bingo. Maybe. You know, we wouldn't call in balls and them giving away that uh, VHS collection of (laughs) Matlock. When did you start your broadcast (laughs) career here in Western Mass at Rock 102? What Uh, year did you begin here? 1995. So... Were you there? I'm reading about it. The famous 1996 face-off between John Kerry and Bill Weld where they stood up on picnic tables and, like, battled each other with some words? Um, I was, was 96, it says. I was not there for that one. Mm. Uh, I was there to for other embarrassing moments with mm, John yeah. Kerry, but okay. not for that one. Yeah, I think the best John Kerry moment was when you guys introduced him and and you, you you were pumping them up like oh, uh, uh, what, what ladies and gentlemen, Western Massachusetts greatest politician, and he's yeah, like going most, up and down about all the things. The most the most popular politician yeah. here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Oh. And you just see John Kerry's yeah. your chest start to expand uh-huh. he's and like, get ready, adjust okay. his pants and everything, uh-huh. ready yeah. to get everything. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, you're like. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheriff Michael Ash. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
Good job. And the uh, only way that Kerry could recover, yeah. you got to understand, John Kerry is the most wooden, unanimated person you've ever met in your life. Because he has only one voice he that is. talks like this. Can you imagine, like, John Kerry at home? He was like, honey, where did I leave my keys? Have you seen my keys? You know, that, I mean, that would have been him and Teresa in the in the in the house. That would have been what they did. She she was the Heinz fifty seven lady, right? She was. Yeah. But the so, first, but in order to recover from this embarrassing moment, yeah, you know, John Kerry obviously had this line in his head all day. Okay, where can someone get a bingo card around here? And mm. then, of course, everyone goes, "Oh, he's hilarious." <laughs> yeah, he's mm-hmm. the jokester. But uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really see. Uh, I mean, other than the sheriff and. Uh, uh, I think that was about it for politicians. But again, I go early, like when it first starts, because I don't want nothing against Nick Kochi. I just don't want to be there late in the day after being here in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, I I mean, it's a long day. It goes goes well into the night. Plus, I live almost an hour away, so I I, I'm not gonna. Well, Maura Healy was there. It says according to Mass Live because there's a picture of her being interviewed, the uh, attorney general and candidate for the governor's job. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, the governors usually Mm. show up and state reps and, uh, like I said, John John Kerry has been out there. I mean, all all the politicians have gone out to the sheriff's uh, picnic or or clam bake. They had uh, pretty damn good raffle prizes over there that I didn't win any of. You know, I don't think I've ever played the raffle while I was there. Okay, so they used to do it differently. They used to have this, like, all-day raffle going on. Yeah. But I think now... It doesn't happen until almost the end mm. where they give because there's not as m- much stuff. I think that was the other thing. There was they had all kinds of little stuff at the other one that you could win, and it was just randomly given away. I right. don't think there was anything you put in for. I think you just put in your raffle tickets and they just started dr- drawing random numbers. This is like specific items, kind of like a Asian American auction or a cheap trick concert where I want you to want me is the last thing that you hear. They save it for the very end. What? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? A band with their big hit that they saved to the end. You said they saved the big stuff to the end. Okay. The- oh, okay. You mean like a concert encore? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. okay. okay. Anyway, so they have the, they have a, they had Adirondack chairs, mm-hmm. which were very nice. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? With the sheriff's logo on it. Ooh. They make those at the jail. They do, yeah. And I had a buddy of mine who uh, who was a, a CO before he retired. Yeah, and I got myself a couple of them. Yeah, made by the hands of those who are incarcerated for possibly committing a crime. Oh, these were beautiful Adirondack chairs. What color? And, well, I uh, they were cedar, so they weren't painted. I mean, they were you know they were like you know mm-hmm. sealed and everything, but they had that great cedar smell. Mm-hmm. They were very very well done. You know, uh, you go to a third world country uh, where they're making Nike shoes for 59 cents an hour, and that's a job. Yeah. You bring it over here, it's called incarceration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but the craftsmanship on this thing yeah. was outstanding. Uh, well, the, the, they, they're beautiful looking chairs. Yeah. And, uh, so, and then they had, they had two TVs to give away. Oh, they don't, they don't screw around. 55-inch TVs, and I'm talking with Chris Marion, our uh, photography friend yep, there that yep. does all our uh, shoots and stuff. Him and I are standing there. We're looking at the TVs, and one was like a brand nobody ever heard of, and the other one was a Samsung, but they were both 55-inch screen TVs. 
And I'm like, I'm going for the lower brand mm-hmm. one because that would be the one more likely to get chosen because everybody wants the Samsung. You know, when we used to do the bingo, the uh, the prizes for the bingo were on, weren't all that uh, you weren't all that spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you won the bingo, you could win like a package of tube socks. Yeah, you know, and then I mean, we all love tube socks. Don't get me wrong, but that was like the grand prize. Uh, I did see Eric Lesser. I didn't say hi to him. He was uh, holding a cotton candy and a balloon, and he had just gotten his face painted. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> sure you did. And see, I see Will Reich out run up and go, hey, where do you get that? <laughs> but, <laughs> Uncle Ed, can you get me some face painting too? Uh, but, uh, you know, all in all, it was a successful day for, for Nick. And, That's good. Uh, and, uh, you know, it is it is one of these things that is like a staple for, for Western Massachusetts. Like, you know, this thing is going to happen every year at this time and Usually this week, it's always this week, yeah. this, this third week in August. Didn't you uh, have a quote from that Mass Live story, though, from someone who's running for something? Oh, yeah. It was, uh, now I can't remember her name. Um, she's from Longmeadow. I believe Levitt, her name is. Yes, yeah, a hyphenated name, I think. Liss Levitt? Levitt Liss? It's not Levitt Liss, but she said, you would have to have lost your marbles to miss the sheriff's picnic. I'm sorry. This girl is like 22 years old. <laughs> like lost your marbles? I said I I agree with you except for the marbles part. <laughs> uh but you what, what is this like your second picnic? <laughs> like third? <laughs> It's just funny to watch people, you know, you know, do especially like these newcomers that are on the scene trying to run for something, and then oh, they, yeah. you know they they just like to get out there in front of the cameras and the and the audio. Uh, that was uh, Sidney Levin Epstein. By that's the way. that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. The Democratic get... candidate for state senate, and then they had this uh, this exhibit. Uh, it was like the a satellite of the Natural History Museum. Where it was all where all the old radio hosts go to die? I believe they called it Media Row. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was interesting. Oh, that was, and here is a is a shepherd source Rex eating a sausage <laughs> sandwich in his natural habitat with a pepper on his left nipple. <laughs> <laughs> That's from last year's picnic. <laughs> <laughs> you already ate, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty decent time. I mean, I you know I, again, I didn't I it wasn't there for like uh, when Maura Healy showed up because I'm sure she would have wanted to talk to me anyway. Mm. Actually, you know they do the, when when they're there and because uh, if you were there, someone would have introduced you to her. And I think we've met more. I mean, I know I've met, I've met Maura Healy a couple of times. Maura Healy. I'm sure I could meet, but then, like, remember Elizabeth Warren was there? Yes. And, and I asked, I couldn't even get anywhere near her. They wouldn't let any, any of us near her, just mm-hmm. obviously, I think it was, was that Michael Ash? I think that was Michael Ash. That was Michael Ash. Yeah, and they, they wouldn't let us near her. Yes. And then the guy goes, we'll take your information. Like his guy, or his guy, her guy. Oh, I, what, yeah. the, the top-rated morning show in the area? Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, well. Can't really say that anymore. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, it's it's uh, they don't want to talk to us. They don't care. Well, they do if they're looking for votes. They well, what about what's her name? Um, Martha Coakley. Martha Coakley. That's a totally different deal. That's someone. That's someone who clearly didn't want votes. 
Yeah, I don't. I never understood. He aggressively that. handed it over to, to <laughs> handed that one over. I think she just thought she was a shoe in because you, typically uh, Massachusetts leans democratically, and she figured out. Oh, well, yeah. I don't need to do Except it. Scott then, Brown cleaned your clock on that one. Yeah. Well, then Scott Brown got his own clock cleaned, and that was it. It's six twenty-three. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock one hundred two. Okay, honey. About our summer getaway road trip, New York City. No, I was thinking we could hike the Grand. We're back, Stephen, Dave. Good morning. Uh, let's see. David Pace from Toto will be joining us after uh, 7 o'clock. Tomorrow, comedian Tom Cotter will be on the phone. So uh, Sweet. I yeah, know, huh? Yeah. Not, not bad. A lot coming up in the next uh, day or so. Uh, let's see. Today I Learned brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. And now it is time for Today I Learned with back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. What'd you learn, Steve? Well, I learned, uh, and uh, actually, I learned it yesterday, but uh, we were already off the air. And I, I learned it, and I saved it, and I'm learning it again today. Remember when I was talking about the Quabbin the other day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was at the Quabbin, and uh, there was those fake koi dogs yeah. that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. And your girlfriend was, took you there for the first time, right? Right. And uh, it, uh, there were, we were told that these, uh, these koi dogs, uh, fake koi dogs, were there to scare the geese away. Mm-hmm. And uh, our good buddy Steve Hawk, who lives out there, right. uh, lived out there his whole life uh, out in the wear area, he told me, and he, and he was right about this because I, I had to fact check the fact checker, <laughs> that the koi dogs are for the geese mm. to keep the geese away. And because uh, I said we saw geese there, but they were behind the area where the water is. So those things actually do work to keep them from uh, flying over the water because the goose poop can contaminate the water. And ah. That is drinking water, obviously, well, for the city of Boston. There you go. You got to keep that uh, that body of water poo free. See, you learn something new every day, and that is today I learned with back Stephen Dave on Rock One Hundred Three. We'll learn another phrase coming up. In the news, the phrase known as BDE, coming up next on Rock One Hundred Two. The Free Music Friday Concert Series returns to MGM Springfield tomorrow night. Just about 6.34. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car. Whether you trade it or not, it's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. The big cookout yesterday that Steve attended, hosted by Hamden County Sheriff Nick Kochi, which Kochi compared to the Big E by saying, quote, The Big E is a social event. This is a political event. The big event drawing... 1,800 to 2,000 people at 50 bucks a ticket. Hot dogs, hamburgers, beer, Italian sausage, grinders all happened at the Springfield Elks Lodge on Tiffany Street. Nearly every statewide candidate, it says, nearly every statewide candidate, according to Mass Live, was there, along with most local candidates for state House and state Senate seats, city councilors, mayors, and more. The Big E. You're comparing it to the Big well, E. Well, I mean, there you know, there are some people that uh, see it as an annual tradition to go to the Big E. Uh, I don't remember sliding down a big yellow slide yesterday on a potato sack. I don't remember uh, eating a turkey leg on a stick. I don't remember eating a banana that makes it look like I'm putting something phallic in my mouth with chocolate all over it. You know, I wouldn't uh, be opposed to having there be footsie wootsies mm-hmm. at the, uh, the sheriff's picnic. You know, because when you're walking around kissing that much ass in a single day, oh, yeah, you got you to gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, really rest gotta, up. You really do. Those, those uh, 
foot massager deals there. Yeah, is yeah, that for like, is yeah, for like, like yeah. 50 cents, you yeah. put your feet on this metal plate yeah. and it massages you. We, we have a video where Bax is not using it as a foot massager, uh-huh. but rather as a uh, straddling your uh, groinal area. I was massager. using it for the purposes of a happy ending. Mm. And how'd that go? Uh, we are not put- invited back to the Big E again. We'll put it that way. Mm. <laughs> There's a reason why I haven't been allowed to go back. Carrie Lake may not be invited back to speak on behalf of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis anytime soon. Carrie Lake is a former Phoenix TV personality and current Republican candidate for the Arizona gubernatorial seat. She was at a rally recently for that Florida governor, and she said he has BDE, the same kind of BDE that President Trump has. Chubby Checker had uh, BVDs. That was his underwear line. Yeah. Yes, right. Would, uh, promote. Yeah. Actually, it's not that different, really. No. Because the BDE is a big D energy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'd never heard that phrase before. You obviously had. I mentioned it at the top of the show, and you knew exactly what I was talking about from the three initials I gave. So, well, yeah, well, that's because I exuded. Do you have BDE? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? My yeah. cup runneth over. Yeah. Especially if they're getting <laughs> massaged on a uh, footsie wootsie. Well, let's put it this way. It wasn't the only cream puff I had that day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch out for that one. No wonder he's a broadcast Hall of Famer, folks. Not quite yet. (laughs) Still got a month to go before that happens. As the nation turns its eyes to the new viral threat of monkeypox, UMass Memorial's COVID treatment center saying they treated their 10,000th patient recently. And consistently treating 40 to 50 patients a day, they're saying that we're not out of COVID yet. They told that to Mass Live. Wednesday during an interview, number of variables could impact the number of patients the center is treating, such as more physicians being comfortable prescribing COVID-19 treatments to their patients. I saw a picture of a dude mm-hmm. uh, who had the monkeypox. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a number of uh, compromised immunities in his system, uh, which you know I'm, I'm not going to bring up here. But he had a monkeypox on his nose Ooh. and it was eating his nose like oh. his nose had turned black mm. like a like a charcoal briquette wow Damn. i don't want i don't want the monkey pox i'm pretty sure i'm i'm uh, i'm not knock on wood gonna get them but i don't want them how close were you to the guy i saw him on the internet <laughs> okay I, did, I didn't rub my nose on my on my phone yeah all right you didn't i did not mm, you might want to no, I don't. I don't because I, I don't want any exposure to the monkeypox. Speaking of treatments for COVID, something called Paxlovid apparently has some side effects called dysgeusia, which is a taste disorder. So it's very effective in treating the virus, but those who take it say they have something called dysgeusia, which is apparently... The fact that their mouth smells like, and I'm just quoting from the story from the Wall Street Journal, hot garbage or a mouthful of dirty pennies or rotten soy milk. Oh, I get that every day. Rotten soy milk? Yeah. Love Not, rotten soy milk. Yeah. So if, if you're taking Paxlovid for COVID-19, you might experience some of these problems. A Springfield man has been arrested in Vermont 
for trespassing and burglary charges. According to Vermont State Police, troopers were told that two people were at a house they were told not to be around. They were there at 9.52 p.m. earlier this week on a Tuesday night. State police investigating revealing that 23-year-old Joseph Yano of Springfield and 35-year-old Jenny Galway of Washington, Vermont, had entered the home without permission. He was arraigned Wednesday afternoon. Bail's been set for $50,000. He also had a prior arrest for armed robbery back in 2021 after allegedly stealing a phone while holding the victim at gunpoint on Boston Road in Springfield. He must have really had to make a call. I guess. So he's in trouble again. Hey, something happened when you guys were on vacation that was interesting, and there's a follow-up today at MassLive.com. On on this show? Sorry? Something interesting happened on this show? Well, something interesting happened in the news. Oh, Oh. I was going to say. No, no. God, no. With me alone hosting, what could possibly occur? At least what I'm admitting to you guys. An overhead sign fell on I-190 in Worcester when you guys were on vacation. It missed motorists, but not by much. And now they've done an investigation, and they found out that the anchor bolts holding the sign were faulty. This was according to a preliminary investigation by the Mass DOT. So what they've done now, because this road sign fell, it was one of those huge ones, you know, the exit signs, all sorts of information on it, is they've now inspected other signs, but only all over 190 in the Worcester area. My question is, well, why wouldn't you inspect all the signs all across the state of Massachusetts well, if you had faulty well, bolts? You know how many signs you got to check. Well, uh, look at all the highways. Well, you, you got right? the I ninety, the I one ninety, the I two ninety one. Well, there's one ninety one. There's probably a stretch of of two ninety where the signs were all put up like in the same day. Yeah, so, so it's they, probably the same batch and same faulty. Yeah. Uh, you know, bolts. So, just, I mean, you wouldn't need to go on the Mass Pike to look at all the signs, but, you know, on 290, you don't know how many of, uh, of those signs were installed by the same dudes. It's very much like uh, when a food company finds out, uh, hey, we got some tainted meat here. Let's find out. And then they give you like, oh, well, if it was packaged between this day and that day, mm-hmm. do not eat it because that's got the E. coli in mm. it. And unless they get a call from Steve Nagel attempting to use it with his new smoker, they're going to throw it away. Well, I don't know if they'll go that far. So anyway, as the result of their inspections of signs yeah. all across the Worcester area, one sign structure identified as problematic, it was taken down. So you're safe to drive around Worcester these days. That'd be pretty scary, though. You're driving, uh, you know, like a, you know, under an o- overpass, and yeah. all of a sudden you start seeing the signs start yeah. uh, getting a little loose. Right. Kind of like, yeah. hanging by one bolt. Mm. <laughs> Not so safe to drive around Holyoke, apparently. There was a crash in front of Lavelle's Lounge at JP's Restaurant in Holyoke. When is it ever safe to drive around Holyoke? (laughs) Good point. Officials telling Western Mass News. There's areas. Yeah. Two vehicles collided in the parking lot at JP's on Whiting Farms Road, ended up crashing into the attached lounge. This happened shortly before noon yesterday. Both drivers of the vehicles taken to hospital for minor injuries. Damage to the building was minor, and they were able to stay open. They were able to stay open. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Just, just, oh, a, mo- just most most of the business happens in the bar area anyway of that restaurant. Mm. That's like a that's one of those Holyoke hot spots. Now, uh, do we have any uh, information about why these guys were driving so recklessly, especially around noon on a Wednesday? No. Yes. No. We don't. Does not detail that in the story that I read in Western Mass News. Hmm. 
Okay. Hey, you want to buy Dr. Seuss's house? No. No. All right, I'll move on to the next story. <laughs> you can talk. You can talk about it. No, I just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wouldn't buy it. So anyway, uh, Theodore Geisel's home <laughs> in the opulent area of La Jolla, California. Oh, I thought you were talking about the no. one on Mulberry Street. No, I mean, no way. No, I just did this to draw eyeballs to our story there. So anyway. For the first time in 75 years, that estate, the one in La Jolla, is hitting the market. The one that Theodore Geisel, known as Dr. Seuss, once owned and lived at. The asking price for the estate, $19 million for a four-acre compound high atop a hill in that beautiful suburb of San Diego, California. Meanwhile, you could buy a house on Mulberry Street and here in Springfield for probably like $115,000. Um, I don't believe there's any houses on that street anymore. <laughs> And, you know, we have a drought in Western Mass. We have a need for some natural rainfall. We're not getting it. And there's a drought kind of all over the world right now. And some people are blaming climate change. One of the effects of that, according to experts in Scotland, is that the Loch Ness Monster could come out of hiding to look for food sources that it's not finding in the dwindling resources of that loch in Scotland. So. Um. I was just reading something the other day. About the Loch Ness Monster? Yeah. I was, uh, I heard some, I was, I was, I heard this story about, uh, it was one of those uh, Today I Learned things mm-hmm. uh, that I was looking up, and uh, Bruce Springsteen's vocal cords were insured mm-hmm. for like $6 million at the height of his, you know, mm-hmm. popularity sure. back in the 80s. Right. right? $6 million. Uh, and I was like, what other things can you insure? You know, like what weird things that uh, typically that are not you know typical. Mm-hmm. And I googled uh, weird things to buy insurance for, and the Loch Ness monster was one of the uh, was one of the answers. What that you could insure yourself against injury or death? Yeah, here's the here's the <laughs> here's the little blurb. In the 1970s, uh, Nessie mania was at a peak, and ex- expeditions were plunging uh, the depths of Loch Ness to find the legendary monster. Capitalizing on the craze, Scottish whiskey makers, uh, Cuddy Stark. Offered uh, one Cuddy million lire. Is it lire? Cuddy, Cuddy Sark, first of all. What did I say? You said uh, Cuddy Stark. That's how it's written here. I don't really? know if that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great reporting. What's uh, anyway, uh, it, they offered a million bucks for a reward for a live capture, but their initial request for insurance was turned down by Lloyd's of London, stating the risk is too great. Eventually, after public pressure, Lloyd's issued the policy in case Nessie ever made an appearance. In 2013, Scottish Cruise Lines. Uh, Jacob, Jacob Jacobite cruises were insured for one million against any potential damages incurred by the Loch Ness monster. Mm. Wow. Well, you know what's going to happen? The one time you don't insure yourself and you got yourself a cruise out on the Loch Ness, and the monster comes out of the water, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. on it. You're not going to be insured for something like that. So worth the purchase then. Well, I mean, do you want to be in there and not mm-hmm. to and not be covered? I'd say no. Gene Simmons uh, insured his tongue for a million dollars back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Especially if he were to lose it. How would you lose it? Uh, Sticking it out so much out maybe. the car window and mm-hmm. possibly uh, maybe getting hit by a falling sign off of I-90? There you our, go. Our yeah. dog does that. Tongue Thanks. flapping in the breeze in the backseat of the car. 
Don't they don't know the dangers, those dogs. Yeah. They really don't. It's six fifty six fifty. Six, yeah, six forty six with back Steve and Dave. We've got a mass hat coming up next. It's an actual gymnasium with the new fitness craze that you guys will love. Stay tuned to Rock 102. GG Inks Screen Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 653. And Fleetwood Mac with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Going to be a really nice day today. Uh, good thing because we got to dry out from the heavy rains we had yesterday. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, high of 83 uh, tomorrow, sunny and hot with a high of 90. It's 60 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, tomorrow night, Pat Kelly is going to be at the Free Music Friday concert series from 7 to 9 at the, uh, the plaza at MGM. Aquanet, New England's most authentic tribute to 80s rock and metal, will be down there. Great band, a great night to see uh, live music. Stop by the Rock 102 table for your chance to win some great stuff. It's tomorrow night, 7 to 9 at the Plaza at MGM Aquanet with Pat Kelly on Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Right now, 6.53. Time for Rock 102 to recognize another mass hat. Going below and beyond other humans in the pursuit of stupidity, incompetence, and embarrassment. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Here's today's mass hat. The clip number one from a fitness company called Blink Fitness. Here's their ad promoting their new product. This is gymnosis. You are motivated. Get hypnotized into loving the gym only at Blink. Blink, the gym for everybody, even people who hate the gym. Blink Fitness introducing gymnosis, a series of complimentary in gym and virtual hypnosis sessions to help you get and stay motivated to work out. All right. If, if there's any valid uh, uh, validation to that, mm-hmm. that might be the only way you'll get me into a gym every single day. Hypnosis to get you to work I, out more. Y- yes, because uh, otherwise, without it, I hate it. Yeah, free of charge. Although, I don't know what the membership for Blink Fitness costs. Probably, probably get lot. you there, right? Nothing. Nothing is for free. Yeah, it launches on September twelfth. Sweet. How's your um, how's your cycling going at home? By the way, I know you got that. Uh, well, you- I've had to take a, a break for the last week and a half or mm-hmm. two weeks, really, because of this whole mono business. Ah, yeah. How but, are you feeling uh, because of that? By the way, uh, I'm feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talking with my doctor, she uh, said, uh, you know what? Uh, Lay off that physical activity because of the your immune system's compromised. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God, what, sure. I, what I wouldn't you know, give to hear those words from a doctor. Well, <laughs> lay off the but, physical activity. No, it's not good no, for no, you. No, no, no. It wasn't just you don't ever do physical activity again. But I have to take at least a couple or a few weeks off to have your body like fully recover. So I'm like on multivitamins. I'm on kind of like hmm. uh, protein shakes. Uh, 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 What's the stuff that uh, makes uh, Jamie Lee Curtis poop? Uh, Activia. Activia. Yeah, yeah right. Activia. Yeah, and, that loses uh, you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the name of the uh, cycling thing? Uh, Peloton, right? That's what you have. Yeah, Peloton, Peloton yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a great yeah. – uh, I love it. Yeah. I love doing it yeah. and it, because it, everything on there is so easy. The yeah. workouts are – and it does get a lot freaking harder yeah. as you go along. But, well, you know. I know the real reason you stopped doing that is you were developing a relationship with the girls who were teaching you virtually on Peloton, but now you got a real girlfriend. So you don't need the virtual girls on Peloton anymore. No, because in order to stay in shape for the new girlfriend, you Mm. have to continue doing Peloton. You also don't have much of a chance with the girls on Peloton. Yeah, I don't have any chance. You got no chance of that. Unless you ask. I don't know. You got no chance. (laughs) 
Send him a message. See what happens. No chance. Nothing? Nothing. 6.56 with back Steve and Dave. Coming up next hour, David Pache from Toto on the Celebrity Hotline. And then the 102-second sports are next on Rock 102. Pfizer today at 877-ASK-DELL. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, despite popular opinion, I am not sitting here on a big, fat stack of cash. I'm not crushing the stock market with a bunch of high-yielding investments. I'm not driving an expensive luxury vehicle or living in a gated mansion. I simply don't get paid like that. However, if the parent company of Rock 102 were to suddenly lose their minds and offer me a LeBron James-style contract extension, I would be more than willing to return their calls and hash out some sort of details. Sadly, I don't see anybody rushing to the phone to have that sort of conversation. And until they do, which they won't, I'm just going to sit here and wait for my next check. You see, folks, yesterday the Los Angeles Lakers signed LeBron James to a two-year contract extension. What sort of uh, what sort of money uh, can you make in the NBA if you're a four-time champion, a four-time MVP, and an 18-time NBA All-Star? According to reports, this two-year extension will pay him $97.1 million. The deal also includes at least one option year and a 15% trade kicker, which would put LeBron James as the highest-paid player in NBA history. How rich is he? Well... According to the internet, just a few days ago, LeBron James' net worth was $1.2 billion. And over the course of his career, he has earned $532 million worth of guaranteed money. And next season, he's expected to get paid $46.7 million. Now, based on an 82-game schedule, that means that LeBron James will earn exactly $569,512 per game. What does that mean to the average slob like you and I? Well, according to some estimates, the average median household income in the United States is approximately $71,000 a year. LeBron will make almost twice that amount every single day. Now, I'm not saying that LeBron doesn't deserve a cost of living increase every now and then, but if I were to spend just $1,000 a day of LeBron James money, it would take me a very long period of time to spend what he makes this season. I'd be happy to give you all the complicated math on something like that, but I was far too busy crying over my calculator and eventually gave up. Let's just say that if Mavis Wanzik ever felt like she was short on cash, LeBron James could probably cover her expenses. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. How good can a battery chainsaw be? The Eagle Power Plus 16-inch chainsaw is only 300 bucks at Rockies and includes the charger, the battery, and it can do anything that a 16-inch gas saw can do with just the push of a button. It's quiet, and you don't use gas. Get the Ego at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7 and Toto on Rock 102. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know what we were doing with rehearsal here. Uh, the weather is going to be uh, <laughs> sunny today with a high of 82. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 90. It is 60 right now in downtown Springfield. Now, how weird is this? Yesterday we talked to Jason Bonham. Uh-huh. Uh, we went into that interview playing a Led Zeppelin song with his dad playing drums with, uh, with his Led Zeppelin, John Bonham, right? Yeah. Totally by accident. And he, you know, here we are. About to talk to David Pace from Toto, mm-hmm. totally by accident that I would play a Toto song going into it. I don't know how. 
How does lightning strike twice in the same place? I don't know, man. But uh, you're keeping the celebrity hotline clogged by not talking to David. Well, let me uh, just uh, tell you who David Pache is. David Pache is a six-time Grammy Award winner, not only with Toto, where he is the primary songwriter, but he has written music with Michael Jackson, Boz Skaggs, the Doobie Brothers, Chicago, Rod Stewart, John Anderson of Yes. He's worked with Aretha Franklin and Quincy Jones and a million other people. Believe it or not, tomorrow he is releasing his very first solo record called uh, forgotten toys uh it's a really really good record and he is on the phones right now hey welcome to toto's david pace on the phone congratulations on uh, on the uh, on the album uh forgotten toys it's out on friday had a chance to listen to it this week it's it's so stinking good that it uh it could easily in, in my head i'm thinking well this could easily have been a, a toto record but it's your very first solo record which seems kind of impossible to, to think about but tell us why you decided to release this as your as your solo record well i've been making total records for a long time and uh i've had received a lot of satisfaction and, and fulfillment from from doing that but uh um just before covid hit uh uh my uh, bandmates were doing solo records to uh uh, Steve Luther was and Joseph Williams, and they were urging me to do one too, nudging me along, and uh, and supporting, trying to support me to do that. And uh, so uh, then, when COVID hit, uh, uh, I had I have a recording studio at my house, and I had a lot of free time, so I thought it was uh, a time to uh, try and put a lot of these old dust off some of these old pieces in my che- treasure chest and put them together. And Joseph Williams help me frame it and uh and write some of the narratives you also had uh, michael mcdonald on that album too right i do mike's been an old friend since the late 70s and I, uh i worked with him on the doogie brothers uh living on the fault line album and uh also uh brought him in for a couple toto cameos so Mike's been a friend for a long time. Yeah, I would love to be able to have Michael McDonald as a friend. I can just call up and go, "Hey, uh, you want to come over and uh, maybe help me hang a garage door, or <laughs> yeah. or maybe even create this new album that I'm uh, producing?" That's actually the kind of guy he is. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> uh, li- li- living on the Fault Line, very underrated album, very jazzy. You guys are known as like consummate musicians. You ask any local rock band, they love you guys as being musicians, musicians. Um, what's it like to have that kind of legacy uh, for the stuff you did earlier in your career? Well, it's an honor, and uh, and we love being known for that. Uh, but we all grew up doing living and breathing music. I mean, my father was a professional uh, jazz piano player and uh, uh, a ranger, orchestra ranger. So I was around professionals all my life, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's good to uh, get respect from uh, other musicians and from the public for being uh, um, proficient in what we do. I actually want to ask you about that because one of the uh, the songs on on the record, which I thought was like like a, such a surprise as I'm hearing it, was the final track, Lucy. I mean, it it's it is a jazz record, and you know sometimes you hear a band try to tackle jazz, and it kind of sounds a, a little cute and not real, uh, you're not real jazz. But yeah. when I'm listening to that, I'm going, my God, they've got everything right on that song. It was it's it's a perfect jazz song. 
Thank you. That was a tribute to my father and to uh, a singer that my father used to work with named Mel Torme. And so I brought in his son, who's a friend of mine, James Torme, to scat on it and do a couple vocals. And uh, uh, I'm very happy with the way that turned out. You also had other people helping you, Don Felder, Brian Eno, uh, you Steve Jordan. What did, uh, what did Brian Eno do uh, on this record? Brian Eno, um, uh, funny thing about that, I never met Brian Eno. And uh, I had a friend who had worked with him, and uh, I had the song, All the Tears to Shine, and my friend took uh, and played it for Brian Eno. Brian Eno just sent him this tape loop that has this little beacon beeping on the front of it that you can hear at the front of the song and throughout the song and at the very end of the song. They just connected it, connect, put, uh, put a thread through it. So uh, I thank him, and I can't wait to meet him till, so I can thank him. Uh, we're talking to uh, David Page from uh, Toto, of course, the uh, solo album coming out here on Rock 102. And with the Africa that you helped co-write, um, Weezer had a big hit with that. How do you go about granting the rights for other bands to do your work? And would you not do that with everybody who requested it? Uh, yeah, that doesn't happen with everybody, but but, but uh, Weezer was, uh, did a great version of that. And we have a, I have a publishing company that licenses music like that when people request it. And usually I do. I have no problem licensing music. So uh, it's an it's a, a amiable uh, uh, relationship. And I'm so glad that Weezer did do it. They did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Can we just go back to Michael McDonald for one second? Because <laughs> I, 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 I really like, like. Obviously, your friends. So, like, you invite him over for a potluck, uh, like barbecue. What does Michael McDonald bring to the barbecue? <laughs> Is he like? Does he bring like a really good potato salad, or does he bring that stuff with the raisins and the broccoli and the carrots in it? <laughs> Uh, no, I think he's a potato salad guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would I have paid him it. for it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I figured. Now, now, but please, when you talk to him, yeah. say uh, Steve Nagel uh, doesn't know you, but he's your brother in some way. <laughs> I will. Right, thank you. And he wants you to come fix his garage. I yeah, will, you I, should. I would help Michael McDonald hang his garage door on any given weekend. Yeah, they, we're, that's right. We're giving some information uh, about your career, and, and, and something leaps right out at me, because I mean, of all the the, uh, the the people that you've helped you know, write music for and everything, that, that you have contributed to over 2,000 albums in your career, and if you had added up all the stuff that everybody in, in Toto, or who has played with Toto, has contributed... It's five thousand albums that you guys have been in, it, it had a, a, a hand in. That's an astonishing amount of work since nineteen seventy six. It may it's amazing. I I think that number. I, every time I hear that number, it gets larger. It gets exaggerated more and more and more. So uh, maybe it's a thousand records. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even if, uh, if it's five hundred it, records, that's a lot. Yeah, it is amazing when we look back and and, and listen to some of the, the the records that we forgot that we played on. Uh, there's been a, just a lot of recordings from uh, the outreach and the total footprint is very large in the, uh, in the music world. We had uh, Steve Lukather on the sh on the show with us a, a, a while back when he was promoting his uh, last album. That dude's a right. piece of that dude's a piece of work. Not just a great guitar player, but he was hilarious. Oh, yeah, he's a funny guy. He could be a stand-up comedian. 
course, pretty a lot of X-rated stuff comes out of him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but and now you're going to tell us he gets all his jokes from Michael McDonald, doesn't? <laughs> he? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, but he's the funniest, funniest guy I know, and the craziest guy I know. But what? But what a remarkable, you know, talent guitar player. I mean, some of the stuff he's done on on your record alone is just you know, just classic Lukather stuff. Yeah, it is. It's really. Uh, yeah, Steve really came. Uh, that's when I call my my mates in to come and play. Uh, they always bring it. Uh, they always bring it to the table, you know. And uh, uh, Steve Lukather uh, just did a fantastic job, especially on uh, uh, playing rhythm guitar on uh, uh, Queen Charade. I thought he did a marvelous job. The uh, the new album, Forgotten Toys, is out this Friday. Uh, David Pace, it's great to talk to you, and uh, best of luck with the record. Hope it does great for you. Yeah, and please ask Michael for me if he prefers a uh, garage genie or a craftsman <laughs> for his uh, new opener that I'm going to be putting in this weekend. Potato salad, too. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah, potatoes. Don't forget potato the potato salad. the recipe to that, that yes. salad. Thank you, David. We appreciate it. David Pace. Thanks, guys. We back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. Back Steve and Dave in the morning on Rock 102. Wings. We love them. And we're going to celebrate our favorite finger fight. Back Steve and Dave on Rock 102 with Paul Rogers, the best vocalist in the history of rock and roll. That's what they say. I can think of a few others that uh, might uh, be slightly better. What's the guy from Journey? Uh, Steve Perry? Maybe. 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 Uh, Rock 102 is bringing in the New England Patriot football all season long. Friday, tomorrow, the Patriots continue the preseason with a tune-up against the Carolina Panthers, and it's been nothing but hatred between these two teams all week long. Mm-hmm. The live country Nissan pregame show begins at 4 with kickoff scheduled for 7 o'clock. Join Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak as they bring you all the play-by-play action. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. So my buddy Rich... I've talked about him often, lives in Boston, he and his wife, three kids, and their dog, Raya, who's a, what's the lab, the, the yellow, the golden retriever, right? Okay. Smaller and a little bit more rambunctious than a normal golden retriever. So yesterday he brings Raya to the dog park that he always goes to, and this dog does something he's never seen before, his own dog, Raya. So she's a little bit smaller, as I said, than a normal golden retriever, so she spots this golden doodle that's really tall. Much, okay. much much bigger than she is. Right. And she walks underneath this golden doodle because she can't because she's smaller and this golden doodle is tall. Go on. And she moves sideways so that their bodies would create a cross or a plus sign or whatever. And then she lifts up on her tiptoes and lifts the golden doodle onto her hunched up back and starts doing spins. Dear Dog Penthouse. Yeah. I never thought anything like this would happen to me. I was until with this now. I yeah. was with this golden-haired bitch the other day. <laughs> it's like a pro wrestling move. Spinning yeah. around and around. The was, dog's like, what what the hell is going thinking, on? It's like the same thing. Was it going to be like a pile driver right? after this? I know. Never seen anything like it, he said. That's crazy. He and the but, owner of the Golden Duel just laughing. Did they take a, like video or they, pictures? He, he said that last night. He goes, damn it. He goes, Dave, I... I didn't get my phone out quick enough. I, Rich is very uh, technologically challenged, uh, by the way. You know, uh, Buddy Rich died in April of 1987. Mm. I don't know how he's, he, you're talking to him still. Mm, well, you know, <laughs> from beyond the grave. Uh, 
Lo- love jazz, by the way. Yeah. Oh, well, he yeah. was always great when he appeared on the Johnny Carson show, too. Mm. He was always great when he appeared on the bus yelling at his musicians, mm-hmm. too. That yeah. was always awful good, too. It's 732 with back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. The Free Music Friday concert series returns. Step of the way. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. The big cookout occurred yesterday. I was not there, but Steve was. Hampton County Sheriff Nick Kochi, of course, welcoming folks, which, by the way, he compared the cookout to the Big E, but not in the way you might think. He was saying the Big E is like a social event. His event is a political event. I know. There's no parking at the Elks. I had to park on somebody's front lawn across the street. Did you? Yeah. You, it's only char- five bucks. I was going to say, you got charged for that or not? <laughs> five bucks. Yeah. Uh, the Better Elks- than the free they were charging in the Elks Lodge. Uh, the Elks Lodge did host a big event, drawing a lot of big politicians and local folks, the golf tournament as well, lots of eating and drinking, hot dogs, hamburgers, Italian sausage, no more clams, I guess. I uh, I know of a very intelligent uh, older fella uh, who would say, you couldn't swing a dead cat uh, without hitting a phony at that place. Except for the, the sheriff, he's the real dude. Who said that? Some idiot that yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, to compare it to the Big E, uh, where was the unicorn cow? Mm. I didn't see that yesterday. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, that would have been, uh, well, he's not longer in politics anymore. I can't really make fun of him. Who? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. But uh, I don't. I can't imagine anyone standing in line for three and a half hours for a baked potato at the sheriff's picnic. No. It was three and a half hours in line to shake hands with Nick Kochi. That was the only line going on there yesterday. Mm-hmm. Bristol police arresting a couple of Massachusetts residents in connection with an illegal street takeover. Bristol cops charging the two people in the connection with the takeover that happened in June. A street takeover described by police as a new fad where illegal street racers block off an intersection or portions of the roadway. Then individuals perform illegal stunts with their cars that endanger themselves and spectators. The two individuals whose names were not disclosed in the report from Fox 61 were from Chicopee. Did you know that Harvey's Bristol Cream was created in Bristol, Connecticut? I, I had not. no idea. It's not true. I just made it up. I just wanted to add some sort of fun fact to the show. Sounded good. And I know one thing for sure, our own mayor of Springfield wouldn't uh, wouldn't stand for this kind of uh, illegal street shutdown for car and motorcycle stunts. I don't care what they do down in that Bristol, Connecticut. That's mm-hmm. none of my business. Not my pig, not my farm, my friends. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I've ever had Harvey's Bristol Cream. Now that you bring it up, I did years ago. Not I don't good. even know what it is. What is it? I, I, I think I think it's like a. Is that a cognac? Eh, yeah, but I think it's kind it's of a, like um, a, it, a liqueur in a way. It's like an after dinner drink. Yeah, I think it's a creamed sherry. Yes. Ooh. That yeah, that doesn't gross. even sound good. Yeah. Maybe something you could cook with. I, I've never seen it in liquor stores. Ever since like the seventies, um, I don't know if they still make it or not. I don't. I I think they do, because you can buy it here on uh, NapaCaps dot com. Yeah, you know, from the Napa Valley wine uh, wineries. It sounds kind of gross. I, I I've never had it, but. Uh... So you had the two guys from Chicopee arrested in Bristol, Connecticut, for the illegal street takeover. You also got a Springfield man arrested in Vermont. For trespassing and burglary charges. This happened around 10 o'clock at night, where state cops investigating, revealing that 23 year old Joseph 
Yano of Springfield and his 35-year-old companion, Jenny Galway of Washington, Vermont, had entered a house without permission. And Harvey was the rabbit in the uh, Jimmy Stewart film. Yes. because And they named it after not only because uh, he, he loved, Jimmy Stewart loved going to Bristol, Connecticut, and he was just making that movie Harvey, ah. and you would see Harvey if you drank enough of the Bristol cream. Ipso fatso, that's how they came up with Harvey's Bristol Cream. And Harvey's Wallbangers was the nickname for a baseball team back in the day with the Brewers, I think, and also a cocktail, right? A Harvey Wallbanger was some sort of cocktail. Oh, yeah. You know what? I just watched, and I'm so glad I watched it, uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil with uh, uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Mm Mm-hmm. You remember oh, yeah, that one? Yeah, sure. You know what? That was one of like that was like an underrated. That movie's very, very funny. It, it is written very well. The two, and of, them, the, and the two of them together were pure magic. Well, mm-hmm. the chemistry between them is is pretty amazing. I don't think I really appreciated that when I you know I was probably twelve when that movie came out. Right. And you don't really uh, like appreciate that kind of thing, uh, you know. And not every uh, parent would have let the twelve year old kid watch a Richard Pryor movie. My parents didn't care about anything. <laughs> <laughs> this was a man who would come home and drink a six-pack of beer and decide, hey, you know what? Those needs, uh, those weeds need burning down. What do you think five gallons of gasoline and a road flare would do? And he would make it happen. And he set the barn on fire. He was a man of action. Yes. And then uh, we were struggling uh, as a bucket brigade, my sister and I, taking the water to put out the fire in the barn that my dad had created in his drunken state because... You know, when you're drinking six Bud Heavies and a few Jim Beam nips, the best idea is to use gasoline uh, to burn weeds next to a barn that would go up like a matchstick. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we had help from the neighbor who had no voice box. Oh, really? Yeah. So he uh, he w- he stopped because he see- saw us that we were in trouble, and uh, he's like waving his arms around. And then finally he's like, go the fire department. (laughs) (laughs) What a scene. What great memories. Yeah. As long as we're doing stories that conjure memories of movies starring Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, here's a story that might conjure a movie memory for you guys. A British man charged with treason telling one of Queen Elizabeth's protection officers, I'm here to kill the queen. Before he was arrested at Windsor Castle. Was it Reggie Jackson? Jackson? <laughs> you got it. Here's the clip from Naked Gun. Kill the queen. I must kill the queen. Good job, guys. Jaswant Singh Kyle, a 20-year-old, was wearing a hood and a mask when he was busted with a loaded crossbow on the grounds of Windsor, Ca- Windsor Castle. It all would have worked out if it hadn't been for Enrico Palazzo that day. <laughs> hey, it's Enrico <laughs> Palazzo! And you know that was Francis from from, from uh, Pee Wee's Big, Big Adventure. Adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the acting job that Reggie Jackson did in that movie, by the way, fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean he played like a wooden assassin, like nobody I've ever seen. <laughs> I was just looking at it so I could get the clip. Well, I believe uh, late in his career he's kind of playing wooden too. Yeah. By the way, I met him in person one time. He's one of the shortest athletes I've ever seen. He's like. Five six, yeah, maybe tops. Not a big guy. Yeah, and he and he was hitting on some woman in the lobby of the hotel we were staying at in Tampa Bay. He's got every right to do that, I guess. He's Mister October. Yep. Cruz and Holyoke. He was the straw that stirred the drink for the Yankees. Cruz and Holyoke were called to a crash in front of Lavelle's Lounge, 
at JP's restaurant in Holyoke. Two vehicles colliding in the parking lot shortly before noon yesterday. Both drivers taken to the hospital for minor injuries. Damage to the building was minor, and they were able to stay open. Um, You know, there's no details about this. Uh, nope. It's not like anybody's being accused of driving under the influence. Right. I'm I'm just going to make an assumption here. Okay. Uh, because be I have been to JP's for lunch a few times in the last, you know, 5 or 10 years. And uh at that time of the day, there is an influx of uh cotton tops, if you know what I'm saying. I don't. Please explain. A couple of blue hairs. A couple of blue hairs. Okay. Some Q-tips walking in there. All they're missing is bingo markers and cards. And the hopper mm-hmm. with the balls in it. <laughs> the hopper! Yeah, if they just had bingo there, they would... Uh, right. Uh, very much... It's a mature crowd. Mirror a church crowd. Mm-hmm. Yes, at that time of the day. Right. And, of course, you got your peppered drunks in there that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, taking a break for a liquid uh, liquid refreshment in the oh, middle of the day. A liquid lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm guessing it's two silver hairs smacked each other in the parking lot. Okay. Could be. Could be. If anybody guessing, if anybody witnessed it and has any info, give us a call. A couple was arrested for having sex on a Ferris wheel at an amusement park in Ohio. Is that wrong? If you get caught, both the guy and the girl, 32 years old, allegedly seen having sex on one of the cars at the Cedar Point Amusement Park's giant wheel attraction. I think Freddie Boom Boom Cannon sang about that in Palisades Park. You'll never know how great an H.J. can feel when you're stuck at the top of a Ferris wheel. I'm going to have to look that mm, up. At wow. Palisades Park. I don't know if that's an actual Doesn't ring a bell, but <laughs> other park goers, including two juveniles, complained to the operators about the incident, saying they saw the couple naked and doing their thing, and the cart was shaken back and forth. At first, when the couple was confronted, when they got down from the Ferris wheel, they denied doing anything naughty. The woman saying, no, 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 I just dropped a pack of my smokes, and I bent over to pick them up, and the guy was helping me out. All right. They were arrested and charged with public indecency. Where does that? Well, go ahead. No, you, no, I got to find the lyrics. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing anything like that. You know who uh, wrote that song? Who? Uh, who? Chuck Barris from The Gong Show. Shut wow. The yes. front door. I know. I know. I know. He was prolific. Um, there was a story, I don't know, it was probably like eight, nine years ago, about these, this couple that was having sex in the uh, the big wheel out in Las Vegas. They have the, they're like air-conditioned carts, yep. and they're all like uh, tinted windows and stuff. So these uh, two thought they could, uh, you know, uh-huh. make, make the beast with two backs, if you will. Right. right. And uh, they just... I'm showing you the 50 states, mm. <laughs> bending, bent over. Um, Helping you pick on. up your pack of smokes. Uh, <laughs> they got caught because every car has a surveillance uh-huh. camera on it, so that was considered indecent exposure to the people who were watching it on the video camera inside, whether the security or whatever, so then they got arrested. What kind of country do we live in? That you cannot get an orgasm on a Ferris wheel anymore. I, I don't know. Well, it's a romantic ride, right? It is, it is yeah. romantic, yes. really. Yeah. 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 So uh, who's to be blamed for getting a little carried away? 746 with back Steve and Dave. Now hear this coming up next on Rock 102.
The newest way to save money is also the easiest. Freedom Credit Union introduces Advantage Checking, powered by Bazing. With the tap of an app, you'll enjoy access to thousands of local and national... Di- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 752. And Sticks, we're back, Stephen Dave, and Rock 102. Uh, Going to be a really nice day today. Uh, sunny and a high of 83. Tomorrow, a little bit warmer, sunny and a high of 89. It's 63 right now in downtown Springfield. So I've already told you about the Daily Podcast. You can get that any time of day, any day of the week. Listen to it on your smart speaker, your uh, your phone, your tablet, your laptop, what have you. Uh, check all that out on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and on rock102.com. Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest, has been a repost of my interview from 2020 with Chris Franz from The Talking Heads. And next week, uh, we're going to do an interview with Jeff Plate, the drummer for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and uh, Sabotage. He's got a brand new band out called All Terrain. It's a really cool interview from, uh, from one of uh, Rock's great drummers, and you'll be able to hear that starting Monday on Rock 102. Coming up on 7.54. Now hear this. Now hear this. It's just the normal noises in here. You hear me? You're only hearing what you want to hear. Now hear this on Rock 102 with back Steve and Dave in the morning. Cut number one from Western Mass News. Here we are at statewide elections. We're bringing all the statewide candidates together from Boston to Western Massachusetts. Uh, and it's just a great day. Uh, Hampton County Sheriff Nick Kochi at his annual cookout, welcoming everyone to the event and talking to Western Mass News. Yeah. Yeah. And you, now, did you go say hi? and uh, Or did you just show up and kind of walk around? I showed up. I saw the sheriff. I walked right by him. And I was like, I am never talking to that SOB ever again. Nice. <laughs> really? No, I went up and shook his hand and he welcomed me. And uh, just like every other guest, he would walk in the door. I keep getting uh, pictures of old uh cookouts and and clam bakes yeah over the years on my facebook memories mm-hmm. there's a picture today of uh that showed up where uh michael ash is uh, is, is uh, welcoming me welcoming me uh to it and it's just you know him with uh with two hands on my shoulders and i think uh, the caption was me seeing sheriff michael ash just before he need me in the balls and and and, and you know what i i almost think about uh you know posting that again because such a a warm and fuzzy feeling. Very warm. Yeah, it really it? is. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Great memory for you. <laughs> as as so many at the picnic have been. Cut number two from Carrie Lake, a former Phoenix TV personality, currently running for governor of Arizona. She was at a fundraising rally for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and she said this about him. The guy has bigger... Wait, let me think about how I want to word this. My staff always says, whatever you do, do not say balls. So I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you what he's got. I don't know if you heard of this, but he's got BDE. Anybody know what that means? I call it Big DeSantis Energy. I can just see it right now. All the middle-aged ladies, such as myself, are on Google going, what does BDE mean? There you go, and Bax knew what it was. I knew what it was because mm-hmm. I'm because I'm because you I'm, have it. I'm oozing it. Yeah. Why? Uh, wh- what's the problem with that? Well, well, in, in, a, in a political campaign, yes, yeah, yeah, it's probably not an appropriate uh, you know, line of of of, of uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I haven't seen anything appropriate in the last ten years or so coming out of politics. Right. I don't understand why this is so. That's not even like. It's not one of the seven 
like deadly I guess, words. No, it's not. But yep. it's like, you know, the, I mean, when, right. when it comes down to who, you know, who you're going to cast your vote for, right. you don't vote for the guy who's got the biggest, uh, you know, big D energy. You just don't do it. What? And that's the thing. She's not saying he has a big D. She's just saying he has big D energy. Correct. Yeah, right. That's just, uh, well, he's got a really tiny penis. But man, mm. does he bring that ego to make up for it? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong. With yeah, that. in this day and age, it doesn't seem that bad, right? When compared to other things you could say. Mm-hmm. Clip number, what are we up to? Three? A TikToker roasting his wife for talking too much by comparing her to a problem he was having with his automobile. Maybe y'all can help me TikTok. This car is like almost new, but it has like a noise, irritating noise on the inside of it. Maybe you guys can help me. Let's see if you hear it. Are you serious? You're making TikToks enough to go? We're running late. You see what I'm saying? There's a weird noise that just, I don't know. How do I fix it? Yes, his wife talking too much. The weird noise coming out of the car. Yeah. Very clever, right? No, you just turn the radio up so you can't hear it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty. That makes everything go. Yeah, away. I'm pretty sure the parts department can't help you with that one. You know, uh, funny you brought up TikTok. I'm. I was thinking about this this morning because mm-hmm. I, I had. Uh, I was look, uh, scrolling through. It, my sister sends me TikTok videos every night at like midnight while I'm sleeping, mm-hmm. and then I wake up and I see them in the morning. And and there was uh, the one that followed it was, um, it was a nurse. It, and I've seen this many times, like uh, people working in hospitals, yeah, doing TikTok dances and videos, mm-hmm. like in an exam room. Well, obviously there's nobody in there. Mm-hmm. What is what are these hospital policies on putting up? Like, you you would talk about professionalism in politics. What about professionalism in in a, in a hospital medical workplace? You don't typically see that kind of behavior know, going on. I don't know if I'm in the hospital and I'm like uh, sick with like a you know, yeah. communicable disease or I'm at death's door. Oh, you're I ready. Us- I usually feel better knowing that the nurse that's about to change my bedpan, yeah. I just saw do the Tide Pod challenge. Oh, you're Brandy from TikTok. I saw you. Yeah. Yeah, having a TikTok reputation and maybe a sense of humor more important than actual medical skills. Sometimes yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, because yeah, laughter is the best medicine. Yes. I, I liked when you did the blood vial crate challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it's seven fifty eight with back Steve and Dave. Coming up next, we were going to have Dennis Eckersley, the Red Sox great, in now here. This instead, we'll push him into the hundred and two second sports straight ahead on Rock one hundred two. New England Patriots football. Every ge- classic rock. It's eight thirteen, and Tom Petty. We're back, Stephen Dave, and Rock one hundred two. High temperatures, dry conditions, heavy gusty winds, all equal elevated fire hazard concerns, according to the National Weather Service. Oh, I was just planning on starting a bonfire in my backyard. Tonight. You might want to wait a little bit before that happens. Hey, um, I don't know if you were aware of this, but the Mayflower Marathon is not too far away from now. That's right. Uh, and, of course, the Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, we've discussed this already, has decided that they do not have the room to accommodate the Mayflower Marathon because there's just simply no space in that parking lot whatsoever. Not enough capacity. Today is the uh, the meeting that we are going to have that was uh, set up by Representative Carlos Gonzalez. So we're going to meet with uh, with uh, him and the Basketball Hall of Fame and discuss this situation uh, and find out, uh, you know, what gives. Because, you know, we're looking for a new place. Uh, we are, you know, we're getting closer to making a decision. Yeah. Although I would suspect we're probably not going to announce anything formally until at least Labor Day, if not slightly after. But And where will this meeting occur? 
probably at the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, well, do you have twenty five fifty to get into the door? I do not actually have twenty five fifty to get into the <laughs> well, door. Well, then I guess you're not having your meeting. <laughs> no well, meeting I, for I you. Know. Sorry, unless you can pay the, pay the, pay the, right. the fee at the door. There's no meeting here today. Michael Dobbs from The Reminder wrote a uh, an article last week, which I thought was exceptional. He did a really, really good job. And in it, he wrote, there's a lesson being taught right now in Springfield, and it's about unfulfilled expectations. You've undoubtedly heard about the recent announcement the Basketball Hall of Fame has kicked out the Mayflower Marathon from its parking area. The annual food drive, organized by Rock 102, benefits Springfield's open pantry and has been in the parking lot for two decades. The reason stated by the hall deals with the recent growth in the Hall of Fame attendance and business to the building and other tenants. The parking lot must be kept open for these businesses and can no longer accommodate the food drive. All right, so we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also goes on to say, um, with food insecurity still very much a problem in the region, this event is critical to the Open Pantry, one of the emergency food programs operating in the city of Springfield. Now, we are still going through difficult times caused by the coronavirus pandemic, supply chain issues, inflation, and anticipated recession. These services offered by many social service nonprofits is vital at this time. One would think that one nonprofit organization would seek to assist another nonprofit organization. The Hall of Fame has been a nonprofit since 1959. Consider the following. Last July, the Hall of Fame received... $3.7 million in funding from the U.S. Small Business Administration Shuttered Venues Operation Grant Program. Also last July, the hall received $127,000 from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. In February, Mayor Dominic Sarno announced that the hall would receive $49,000 in American Rescue Plan Act funds. The community at large has supported the hall over the years with contributions to capital campaigns. For example, Florence Bank presented $100,000 to the hall for its recent uh, completed renovations. The trouble is, folks who have supported the hall, as well as elected officials who have allocated funds for the hall, have come to expect something in return. That's the way the world works. And yes, over the years, the hall has indeed has had activities and programs for the public as it should. To be honest, though, those activities have decreased. There isn't much of a relationship between the hall and the city in which it is located. Its agreement with Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, however, has stripped Springfield as the location for many of its activities surrounding its most prominent event, enshrinement. Just consider that the Class of 2022 autograph session is at Mohegan Sun. Enshrinement 2022 press uh, conference media availability is at Mohegan Sun. And the enshrinement tip-off celebration and awards gala are at Mohegan Sun. The last event is impressive. According to the press release that Michael Dobbs received, the class of 2022, along with the Hall's prestigious annual awards winner, will be celebrated at this televised enshrinement event at Mohegan Sun. Mm. This event will include the awarding of the class of 2022 rings presented by Baron Championship Rings and the presentation of the class of 2022 Hall of Fame jackets presented by Reveal Suits. The program will additionally highlight the presentation of the Hall's annual John Bunn Lifetime Achievement Awards, the Manny Jackson Basketball Human Spirit Award, and the Kurt Gowdy Media Award. Wow, too bad that couldn't happen where the game was actually created. Mm. The Enshrinement Ceremony VIP reception, the Enshrinement Ceremony red carpet, and Enshrinement Ceremonies are still in Springfield, but it's fair to view the Hall like any other corporate entity based on its recent actions. 
It is going to do what it wants to do, regardless of public monies and private donations from the area to support it. There shouldn't be any expectations for anything else. And that is a shame. Now, I read that last week and I thought, you know what? Putting everything into its proper perspective, the Mayflower Marathon is only one part of this big question. And the question is, why aren't they more focused on what goes on in Springfield? Why have they signed a 10-year contract with Mohegan Sun? What benefit is it to anybody to have all of those events outside the city of Springfield? I don't have an answer to that. I don't expect to get an answer today when we meet at the Hall of Fame. But I still have those questions burning in my in my head. Why is that? And why hasn't there been more of a public outrage when all this money from the state of Massachusetts yeah. has gone in and it's not being it's not being used here. All good points. I think the NBA superstars, the high rollers, they carry a lot of sway and they want to be in a big time gambling environment. Which they have across the street. I know. Now I I, I I get it. You know, at the time that this contract with Mohegan Sun was drafted, there probably wasn't uh, MGM uh, operating, but times have changed, mm-hmm. and the city of Springfield, I think, deserves all of these events. There's nothing in that list of events that couldn't be done at a venue here in Springfield. The Civic Center, Symphony Hall, <laughs> Max's Tavern, all these places could still be Listen, hosting some of these events. The Volleyball Hall of Fame keeps everything right there in Holyoke. Mm-hmm. Why you know, could they not well, follow in their footsteps? Well, because, you know, if you're talking about a smaller scale uh, a venue, uh, it's not like they're going to MGM and going, hey, we can't, we can't uh, fit everything in here. Can we come to MGM Springfield, have our volleyball uh, dinner? There's How many are you? Twelve. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, but, I don't know. But, that's going to run you. But a place like the Volleyball Hall of Fame, my point being is they also receive uh, state funding, uh, funding from the city, things like that, but they're also very invested in the community. They do a lot of events for the community. I don't hear a lot of stuff about the Basketball Hall of Fame other than the promotional items that they need to push that you would buy a ticket for to get in there. You you have a desire to be bigger than you are. I mean, again, we pointed out that the Baseball Hall of Fame in tiny Cooperstown, New York, still exists and flourishes there, as does the Boxing Hall of Fame in minuscule Canastota, New York. Yeah, They're not moving those ceremonies anywhere else. Oh, and as we've talked about this before, the cost of attending the Baseball Hall of Fame ceremonies is free. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, you know what they uh, what they charge in uh, Canton, Ohio, uh, and I don't I can't find that information uh, you know off with with short notice here. But even I- in Triman and Springfield. Unless you know somebody or you know have a lot of cash to burn, it's not an easy ticket to get. In fact, it's a very expensive ticket to get. In fact, it's very much like going to see Bruce Springsteen and getting floor seats kind of expensive. So, you know, I mean, I just, I just wonder. I mean, I, listen, I like the Hall of Fame, and I have, I have had a cordial relationship with uh, with John DeLiva for over twenty years. You know, we've we have never had a crossword to say. Uh, to each other i just don't understand you, you know what they're doing and i don't understand how it relates to the mayflower marathon having said all that <clears throat> i think we have to be very careful 
and and mindful that what is important in this situation with how it relates to Rock 102 is it really is not about us. It's about what's going to be best for the open pantry moving forward in in uh, in November. So we have to decide, you know, what location is going to be best. And there have been great ideas and some terrific proposals. And it's not an easy decision. When we do make that call, you know, there will be some people who say, well, why are you doing it there? Or, you know, you, there's a guy, there's a, probably a better place to, than that. I don't know if if it's if it's clear to everybody that there are many different things that need to happen in order for us to take that space. The Hall of Fame was perfect because we have been doing it there for so long. It's accessible. It's easy to get to. It's a centralized location, and it made sense, even when the Hall of Fame had 100% occupancy of that building. We've never had a complaint. Now we do. And say hopefully today we'll get a few answers. By the way, uh, use code 4HOOPS for $2 off your admission to the meeting today. That'll be twenty three fifty instead of twenty five fifty. It's a bargain. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll be sure to stop by the gift shop as I, as I'm uh, walking out of that meeting. Just trying to help you out. Appreciate it. We Steve. lost two bucks on the ticket. <laughs> no donation this year. I don't want anyone to walk out of there feeling slighted. It's eight twenty four. We're back, Steve and Dave on Rock one hundred two. Rock one hundred two's classic. Eight thirty. We're back, Stephen Dave, and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. Here's Dave Coombs. The big annual cookout yesterday, hosted by Hampton County Sheriff Nick Kochi, and it happened at the Springfield Elks Lodge on Tiffany Street with all sorts of hot dogs, hamburgers, beer, Italian sausage, grinders, and more. No clams, of course, anymore. Every statewide candidate was there, according to the report on MassLive.com, with most local candidates for state House and state Senate seats also present, also city councilors, mayors, and more. And our own Steve Nagel there as well. Nobody really cared that I was there. No, people do. People want to know that uh, you were rubbing elbows with all the the mucky mucks of uh, of Western Mass. I had uh, a couple of sausage sandwiches, and uh, I went on my merry way. Maybe you're running for something secretly, and we don't know. I should be running after eating two sausage sandwiches is what I should be doing. Hey, are you traveling during the holidays, upcoming in November and December and January? If so, American Airlines just announced it's cutting 31,000 flights in November alone many of them in the Boston to Philadelphia corridor. What better way to show your record profits by cutting employees and planes? <laughs> well, that's how you keep your record profits. Yeah. By providing less. These airlines, uh, you know, with all the money, you talk about, you know, places like the Basketball Hall of Fame receiving local money. Mm-hmm. They've received billions of dollars, if not uh, tens of billions of dollars, since 2009 or whatever, when they did that recovery acting, and then they got another boost back when COVID hit, and yet airline tickets are like triple of what they used to be. Mm-hmm. It, oh. it, 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 you can't tell you. I don't have sympathy for for an airline that that consistently makes a crap ton of money and then says, oh, "I'm sorry, we we can't afford to fund this plane today." <laughs> Well, see, the problem is they are they provide an essential transporta- uh, transportation service. Mm-hmm. You know, if you didn't have the airlines, 
operating uh, at all, then you know we would be uh, you know we'd be a stagnating economy. Right, but they're not operating to at to full capacity by any means. Especially if you're talking about what you say, how many flights they're going to cut? 30, 31, 31,000. 31,000 in November flights. alone. In just November, they're going to cut thirty-one th- at the height of travel season for Thanksgiving, Christmas. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, "Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have any money to do this." It's just it doesn't make any sense. It yeah, but really the, don't worry, they'll they'll be begging for more money from the government, and the government will give it to them, and uh, everybody will be happy and right as rain. And then your prices will go down, and you'll be able to travel about the country. Uh, as long as we're talking about the airlines, this just in thirteen minutes ago. On MassLive.com, the headline reads, Gun the size of a pen found at Boston Logan Airport TSA security checkpoint. There's a picture of the single-shot gun that actually does look like a normal pen. And according to the story, and I quote, people may have thought James Bond traveled out of Boston this past weekend after TSA officers found a small tube-shaped single-fire gun the size of a pen at Logan on Saturday. 22 caliber single shot firearm. You want the pen? Come on. Take a, the pen. As a personal favor to me, take the pen. Take the pen. Now, if you were going to do a bank holdup with one of these pens, is that chain still attached to the uh, to the table? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you got to make sure if it's a single shot, you only get one chance, right? You know, they don't do that anymore. The because pens in, in the banks? The pens are not... I don't understand that. I, uh, I use uh, People's United or... Uh, Frank's Bank, whatever it's going to be called tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's changed names like three times in the last year. Uh, but because uh, it's going to become M and T Bank. Now. Yeah, that's banking you can trust. Yes. Well, I trust that uh, you will go out of business just like People's United did. Yes, you'll be gobbled <laughs> up like everyone else. Uh, but they don't. Since the pandemic, they don't have pens anymore in the lobby. Well, you the know what's going on with that. But you know why. Because they don't want to pay the, for the pens. No, because people don't go into the lobby. When was the last time that you were in a bank's lobby? Just last week. And then the week before that. And then the week, two weeks prior to that. I don't think I've been in a bank lobby in five years. I bet if you asked them for one of their plastic encased promotional pens, they'd give no, you no, one. They, yeah, they'll, put it right, they'll put it right in the tube and send it to you. Yeah, they will give you the pen. It's it's just that they used to be out on the thing, and then for mm-hmm. a longest time they didn't even have the deposit and withdrawal slips there. I don't know what that was all about, but now they got the slips back, no pens, and certainly no pens shaped like guns that can discharge a single shot. According to the Transportation Security Administration, more than three thousand guns were detected at airport checkpoints nationwide just during the first six months of this year. And think about how many get through security. Mm-hmm. You think? You think? Th- I, I think they don't. I think if they, they do. If they're catching a single shot <laughs> no. gun that looks like a pen, you, you've seen these stories every couple of years. They come out with the audit of what the, the you know mm-hmm. they send people through. You yep. know that are government officials, or like their regular passengers, and uh, they've snuck knives and fireworks yeah. and they, everything else. They probably it. confiscate most. But there's always someone who's a little bit more clever than, believe it or not, your average TSA officer. See, think about 31,000 flights that are canceled in November. That's just the ones that are canceled. Mm -hmm. And that's just one airline. You think about all the airlines, however many thousands of flights, they can't catch everything. 
You can still catch COVID, according to UMass's Memorial COVID Treatment Center. They're saying we're not out of COVID yet. And some of what they used to prove that, the 10,000th patient was treated August 15th. They're consistently treating 40 to 50 patients a day. And also a number of variables could impact the number of patients the center is treating. So it could be even more than that. But are the strains as dangerous today as they were, say, a year ago? Depends on how many comorbidities you might have, I suppose. Like, uh, right. like as always. But right? that would be. But but thing is, that would be true of any disease. Like if you got pneumonia, and you had uh, like a respiratory ailment already, mm-hmm. you know, that could be potentially deadly. So I mean, you know, yes, coronavirus is never going to go away. It's a virus. You know, so at what point does this come kind of become just like? another thing you you might get like the flu mm-hmm. that's you know see that's the thing that's really kind of hard to gauge when is the end of the fear of this hopefully now when the uh when the young man's rhythms uh, releases hold of you too but right now you got the rockin pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu it's a horrible thing to have who oh, speaks such sense I'd rather have mono <laughs> which you do if uh if you're using Paxlovid, Pfizer's popular antiviral drug treatment for COVID, you could be experiencing a side effect called dysugia, which is also known as Paxlovid mouth. Some people describe it as a taste and a smell that hot garbage would have, or a mouthful of dirty pennies, or rotten soy milk. Hot garbage. Yeah. That sounds pretty damn good, actually. Uh, is there anything that uh, says how you get rid of this? Because you know, if there's a lot of stinky breath people out there, I want to know how to avoid it. You know what? I read one report in the Wall Street Journal that said peanut butter. Really? Just have a teaspoon of peanut butter. That'll solve the whole thing. Don't know if it's true. If you've got Paxlovid mouth, you but can then, try, but try the peanut butter solution. Tell us. All right, but then your, your breath then smells like peanut butter. Not that there's anything wrong with the smell of peanut butter, but if you've got a nut allergy... And you've got the, uh, the the this mouth uh, thing, this Paxlovid mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, then what do you do? Mm. Well, what Seems- about uh, if you if you eat Jif peanut butter, and then all of a sudden, you, not only you got uh, what do you call it, Plav- Paxlovid mouth? Paxlovid mouth. You got uh, contamination from or uh, what is it? Right, like a salmonella. Salmonella. Yeah, in the right. peanut butter. Yeah, so these are all tough questions. Maybe one could kill the other. I don't know. Mm. Salmonella could kill off the COVID. Choosy moms choose diarrhea. Uh, would a toothbrush be helpful in a situation like this? I guess. Doesn't say that as part of the report. It hmm. suggests peanut butter instead. Maybe the peanut butter lobbyists are involved in this story somehow. I wouldn't be surprised. Right? Shifty folks. Hey, Dr. Seuss's house is for sale. Not the one here, but the one that Theodore Geisel owned in La Jolla, California. It's an opulent estate. Sitting on four acres, and the asking price is $19 million. Right there atop a high hill in La Jolla, California, which is one of the most beautiful suburbs of San Diego. Which is said to be the inspiration for, uh, was it Horton Hears a Who? Was his place in La Jolla? Well, everybody said it was Mount Tom mm. that uh, resembled the mountain. Ah, but right. it was actually his home in, in California that he modeled that after. Hmm. Well, it's for sale, this home, for the first time in 75 years. Has it been uh, updated at all? Because I'm looking at pictures, and it looks like it's a little bit dated. Really? 
Yeah, I mean, you well, know, it's, it's got some, you know, Dr. Seuss stuff in it, which is kind of cool. Wouldn't, huh? you want, wouldn't you want the outdated look if you're buying a piece of history? If I'm going to spend that much money on a brand new home, no, I want it to have at least a little bit of updating. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, according to local legend, Mount Tom was Dr. Seuss's inspiration for Mount Crumpet for ah. the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Ah, That's the one it was. Different mountain range. But there's a dispute. That it's really that mountain in California that his house sits on. Because that's where he wrote the books. Mm-hmm. He didn't write the books here, did he? Well, maybe some of them were inspired. Was it Mulberry Street, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that, that inspired uh, him mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit. Inspired, but I'm saying, he, was he living here at the time that he was writing those? I don't know. Good question. A little research could dig up the answer, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I suppose. If it's important. It's 841 with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. Hi, I'm Marianne. Gourmet Foods Manager at the flagship table. Classic Rock. It's 849. And Aerosmith with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. Aerosmith playing Fenway Park on September 8th. They're playing in Bangor, Maine on September the 4th. They're playing in Vegas. How's their, uh, how's their defense? You know, as long as Belichick is involved, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm talking more like you know, like you know baseball. Like, ah. you know, I mean, you know, can they? Yeah, can they keep uh, hits out of the outfield? I I don't know. I, I would think maybe Brad Whitford might be okay. I don't. I wouldn't rely on Steven Tyler for too much baseball. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, Motley Crue. Did you hear about the fan that fell from the upper balcony? No. During the stadium show, uh, Motley Crue and. Poison and Joan Jett and Def Leppard playing together all over the U.S. So they uh, trip over uh, Tommy Lee's penis? You know, it would be big enough. It's conceivable. Maybe they left that out of the report. I don't know. But it happened at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis where the Colts play. And Motley Crue was finishing the show. The other bands had already opened up. And according to reports, they were 45 minutes into their set when a guy fell from the upper deck. Pretty scary sounding as well here. Oh, you got uh, you got noise for it. I don't have the noise. Yeah, but the description sounds scary. An intoxicated male stumbling around fell over the railing, had to be transported to a hospital in stable condition. Uh, he was still breathing and awake, apparently, and he's okay. I don't. I'm not sure what his status is at the moment. Um, but he fell 30 feet from the upper level of Lucas Oil Stadium. All right, I'm, I'm going to guess uh, that he's not doing great because a 30-foot fall, whether you're drunk or sober, usually results in a handful of boo-boos and abrasions. Yeah, unless maybe you fall on somebody who helps break your fall. I don't right. know. Did they have to kickstart his heart ah. to revive him? Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. You go. Or you was see- he distracted by girls, girls, girls? Speaking of, uh, of Tommy Lee and his uh, his penis, did, yes. you, did you guys... You see the uh, the the Twitter picture that he posted? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really care to look. Did you? Yeah, of course I looked. What yeah. do you what do you, what do you what do you think? I'm uh, like shy. I'm afraid. Like it's going to cause problems. Well, you're an excellent reporter. Well, listen. Now, you know, I had a feeling that you know this would uh, maybe come up this week. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, this guy posted a uh, a bare naked uh, picture of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was and posted it on social media. Took it down. 
soon after 10 million people screenshotted the thing and distributed uh, it all over the place. It was up for hours. I know. That's yeah. <laughs> the, pic- I, the picture, you mean. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you or I or Dave put up a picture like that, uh, we'd be yeah. banned uh, from Facebook. If I know people then put in Facebook jail or taken off a of TikTok because they said the word fart inappropriately. Yeah, I used the phrase big guy one time and got tossed off Facebook for you about see? a week. And this guy has his uh, his his business mm-hmm. online for everyone to see for hours. I mean, he, he took it down, but by that point, everyone's making memes out of it. I made memes out of it because it's fun. Well, he also had the caption which read, oops, as if to indicate he meant to do it. Of course he meant to do it. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a mistake. Hmm. The... The cool thing is, if that thing were to ever cut off, get cut off, yeah. you could use that as one of those draft stoppers in front of your doorways mm-hmm. in the winter. A time. snake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, yeah. the ones that are filled with beans. Yep. This ain't filled with beans. <laughs> Bullet beans, baby. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's quite the. Uh, he's- uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if, if you blow the picture up enough, and I, you know, of course we did this. Uh, or I did this. Uh, you you may find shades of some sort of communicable disease around that region. You never know. Well, I know you can't uh, listen without a proper blood test. You you can never know without a good swabbing. I'm not gonna have any positive uh, positive results, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you can see things that are not healthy down there. Warts, shankers. What do you got? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Best, uh, more warts than anything else. Pustules, so it's not uh, the monkey pox. Now you're talking in a very disgusting and disturbing way. Mm-hmm. But yes, I would, uh, ladies, don't uh, don't get too uh, don't get too excited about that business. Uh, that kind of thing would cause very very serious problems for you. You're just trying to say that because you're uh, inadequate, like me. Uh, no, I'm saying that because yeah. when I posted a D-pic on Facebook, I yeah. didn't get a single like. Yeah, matter of fact, that's the one they took down. This is offensive. <laughs> Look at this thing. Is that a is that a little smoky? <laughs> Where'd you get that crescent roll wrapped to it? It looks like a Vienna sausage, for crying out loud. Speaking of what you just said. He's got B-D-E. Anybody know what that means? There you yeah, go. See, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It's 8.54. We're back, Stephen Dave, on Rock 102. Live in country.